All right, what's up, everyone? And welcome back to the Light Matters Podcast, where we get to discuss the light of Christ um, and shining that bright into this world. So I'm your host, Wayne Sims, and today I am joined by Pastor Wilson, our campus pastor, Mm -hmm. and then Amber Williams, entrepreneur, chef extraordinaire. (laughs) And so before we get started, I want to remind you all that our... podcast scripture is 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. I'm going to read that for you real quick. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who was the image of God. And so, quick disclaimer about what we do here. This is a conversation. So, this is in no way meant to be a sermon. Um, the views of our of our guests don't necessarily represent the views of the church. This is strictly just to get viewpoints out there so that we can dissect what it means to be the light, who is the light, how this, what is the implications of the light in today's culture. All right? So, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, before we get into it, though, Pastor Wilson, yes. give the people a little bit about you. Who are you? Give them some of your background. Okay. All righty. I've been in full-time ministry since uh, 1998. Before that, I was in banking and finance. Mm -hmm. Undergrad is uh, finance. So um, I thank God for the work experience, being out there in the world before going into ministry. I believe for me, it's given me a tremendous advantage. Uh, One, you know, work ethic. Two, is understanding what other people may go through. And three, um, the finance and the investments and all that I was involved in, I've been able to use that in ministry and being a blessing to the several churches I've been part of. Absolutely. Uh, seminary, I, I went to Griswold College, uh, graduated from there. Then I went to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth. Then I finished at another degree in uh, Baylor University, Truett Seminary. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's pretty dope. Amber, tell the people about yourself. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so uh, I'm Chef Amber. That's what people call me. Um, I am a full-time entrepreneur. I am a chef, a pri- private chef, a special event caterer. I've been owning my company for almost eight years now. Wow. Let's go. Um, yeah. <laughs> Before that, um, I was in corporate America once I graduated from the Grambling State University. Mm-hmm. Um, born and raised in Oak Cliff, Texas. Mm. Um, been knowing God all my life. But, you know, the follow story is different, yes. but I love them, you know, <laughs> love them and I know them. But, um, but yeah, I am uh, on the praise team. I'm a worshiper. Uh, music has always been a part of my life, music, food, art, um, all of yeah. that. So I try to incorporate that in my everyday life. And yeah, that's what it is. Love it. Well, I'm so excited to be on here with you all today, man. Thank y'all so much for coming by and kicking it with us. So... Last week, we talked about the light, okay? And so I know for some of our viewers, that's a very big and abstract concept. And so the things that we talked about last week were the properties of the light, how the light provides uh, uh, warmth, how it helps provide growth. What I want to do is give you all an opportunity in your own words. When you when you hear the light, what does that refer to to you? The light, what does that refer mm-hmm. to for you? I want to give you all a chance to kind of lay your foundation before we jump into some stuff. Okay. And I'm sure you're going to ladies first, right? Uh-huh. What? Yeah. <laughs> See how you just passed it off? Like, there you go, Pastor Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the light. Um, when I think about the light, I mean, I think of source, you know, the mm. source of energy, the source of truth. Um yeah, I just think of it as an energy source. Now, in the Christian realm, when I think about the light, that means truth to me mm-hmm. through God, the triune God, all mm-hmm. three of them, all yeah. of them. Um, but, yeah, that's what that means to me. 
That's dope. I like how you. I like how you use the word source. That's something yeah. that I'm gonna tuck away for a little yeah. bit later. Okay. I like Bring that source. Source. Pastor Wilson, what you got? All right. Well, Amber said a whole lot, but uh, <laughs> I like what I want to say. I like the theme that you that you have. The light of the world. The light. I think that's very relevant in today's society. Yeah. And going forward, um, because yeah. it's a battle between light and darkness. But when I see lightness, and when I hear that, I like it uh, to be able to see. Yeah. And so um, I think one of the passages you may have talked about last week was Genesis chapter one, mm-hmm. when God made light, he said it was good. So mm-hmm. I think it was good because it came out of darkness, able to see the beautiful creation. So, yeah. and I concur with uh, Amber is the ability to see, see what? See and understand the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth is what? Jesus Christ and what yeah. he says. Yeah. So that's how I see it. And it's a roadmap um, for me. And I, I see that as a roadmap. We live in a dark world. You need a, a path of light to make it through this world. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Um, hearing y'all introduction, it kind of leads me. I want to go here real quick before we go more into this. So both of you have private sector experience or, you know, what some in Christian circles would call secular, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know for you all, when we talk about this light and darkness, is it as black as is it as black and white as light and darkness, or is it a little more nuanced than we sometimes give credit to? And I guess the heart of this question is a lot of times people who are raised in church or who have, you know, um, always been in church, they see everything outside the church as darkness. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of want y'all to speak to a little bit. When you talk about, because with your experience, you got, you all have engaged culture. So when you're engaging culture, is it as black and white as light and darkness, or is it more nuanced? Mm. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I'll share a little bit from my experience. So because I think at where I sit, I didn't grow up in church. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up, you know, loving the Lord and all that kind of stuff, but I wasn't beating down the church doors every Sunday. You right. know, I was one of those Eastern Christmas, you know. <laughs> and so for me, I actually have an appreciation for a lot of the stuff that a lot of church culture would call darkness. Mm-hmm. For instance, in my line of work, like I work with a lot of gang members. Mm-hmm. And when I see a gang member, I don't necessarily see darkness. I see a desire to protect. I see someone who, you know, if their focus was shifted, those qualities are actually really, really good things. That's right. So when you said the word source, mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second. So a lot of times, stuff that we have associated with darkness, we can't throw out the baby with the water. It's just the source needs to be realigned. And so I think, you know, given your financial experience or, you know, we both, we, we all have college experience and then we went into the working world. I want to see how how did you all navigate that tension of light and darkness, maybe? Maybe that's a better question. How did you navigate that? Okay. Okay, okay. It, it, it doesn't matter. I, well, so, I was going to say, some, something okay. came to uh, to mind, as you said, like, you still have an appreciation for the secular side. So I'm going to tell you something my grandmother taught me, and it's more so on the business side. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother always taught me, and I'm going to say this for my my family members, my brown <laughs> folks, she always taught me be in the room, like, no matter mm-hmm. what, be in the room. If you're the only black person in the room, if you're the only female in the room, whatever it is, be in the room. Because if you're not in the room, then there's no way to influence yeah. the room, right? Yeah. So if we take that on a biblical context, a lot of Christians were mad at Jesus just because he was in some rooms, wow. at some tables, mm-hmm. yeah. fellowshipping with some people who they saw as 
darkness. Yeah. But if he was never in the room, mm -hmm. then that light source would have never infiltrated the darkness. That's good. Right? So yeah. I kind of I kind of navigate my life that way. Um, and one, the light starts internally. Yeah. Right? So as long as that's shining bright, I mean... I don't know if your light gonna shine that bright in the club. There's <laughs> a lot of other lights going on, mm -hmm. but um, but again, people can can see that you're different, can yeah. see that you're walking different. So you almost have to be. And I think uh, we as a people, especially we as uh, believers, do ourselves a disservice if we create that that wedge by trying yeah. to separate ourselves. So yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's good. Uh, and I'll, I'll say this: um, you said a key point about the gang member. Mm -hmm. I see it this way. Uh, if we look at light and darkness, everything black and white, then we make everything that's not like us the enemy. Yeah. And yeah. I think what you're saying that we need to find some love. I Part of my experience, which I didn't share, uh, I've been a chaplain for about last year. I went through a chaplain program for a year at a hospital. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I it stretched me because... I, in the church ministry, I'm, I'm used to being in the church, conservatives, people think like me. Mm -hmm. But when I got in the chaplaincy, in, the, uh, in that environment, you look on TV, you think every chaplain is a Christian, every chaplain. No. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, the chaplains that I served with, one was rabbi, mm -hmm. uh, one was uh, married, let's see, I think one was, um, I don't know, he referred to himself as they. Okay. I think that's so you, wherever, uh -huh. you know what that means. Yes. Okay. Yep, yep. And so, and then uh, I'm trying not to be critical of lifestyles, but mm -hmm. one was a lot of same-sex marriages. This okay. is in chaplaincy. These are right. people. And so it helped me to focus on loving the individual and not yes. really getting on to dark. Now, we are to be, we're all called to stand strong against darkness because Jesus yeah. did. Yeah. But we have to temper it with love and kindness. And remember, like when Amber said, the goal is, is winning that person to Christ. The goal mm -hmm. is being the light of the world and, and not compromising what you what you think. Yeah. So that, that experience, that challenge experience really opened up my whole idea. Uh, don't make enemies don't don't go out there and make enemies unless you have to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's good. So something I like to do at this point of the of the show, again, light has been very abstract to a, to a certain extent, right? So I want to just kind of bring it down a little bit, make it a little more tangible uh, for our viewers. So we talk a lot about like the what of light, but let's talk about the who okay. of light. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about the who like, where does that take your mind or what scriptures do you think about or what does that what does that do for your thinking when we say the who, um, when we talk about the light? What is, who, who is the light? Hmm. I know it's very, you know, there may be like a very obvious question, but like yeah. tease it out a little bit for yeah, us. Yeah, that's a good question. I'll go first on this one. Yes. It's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, this past week, Sunday school lesson, we talked about um, freedom in the king, which Jesus yeah. who came from John 8 and we looked at 31 and 32. In around 32, he says that um, the truth will set you free. Yeah. Abide in me, growing in knowledge, and the truth will set you free. So the who, the who is going to be Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how it makes itself out is that knowing Jesus is going to set you free. But the key word, I think, with the going with the light, it says abide in him. If you're mm -hmm. my disciple, abide in him. So abiding in him keeps you in the light. Yeah. And having a relationship with him keeps you in the light. Jesus is a light, but if we want the light, we have to abide in him, have a relationship with him. We can't be, although we live in a world, but we can't be one foot in the world, one foot in the out, and still yeah. expect to live in the light. Because yeah. 
if you have one foot in darkness and you have one foot in light, you're still in the dark or you're yeah. in a gray area. You're still yeah. not seeing what you're supposed to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a crescent moon. It's just like a half. Yeah. That's <laughs> like right. a half yeah. light. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's so good. That's yeah. so good. No, that, that, that was that was the answer. <laughs> that was, that answer, was right? the answer. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And so when you say when you said abide, Pastor Wilson, that that reminded me one of the imageries that we used that we used last week was a seedling. And so when you think about like a plant seedling, it never stops needing the sun, That's right? right? That's and right. so. Um, if you think about like a young believer as, you know, a seedling is is pivotal, is is vital that they get the sun. And even as the plant continues to grow, it never stops needing the sun. Mm -hmm. And so I remember uh, someone, um, it was years ago, I forget where I was, but they were saying like Jesus is not is not the ABCs of the gospel. He's the A through Z of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so once you get into uh, once you once you're exposed, once you once you accept, you always need to abide in him. You need to stay in him, have relationship. I love that. Well, can I tell you a, a plant fact? So I got into gardening during the pandemic. <laughs> so I'm like a plant mom, but really a garden mom. So I don't know if you know this, but, and actually my plants at home, I'm starting seedlings indoors for those who don't do mm -hmm. the gardening. I start my seeds indoors. Um, and my plants are actually doing it right now. So plants actually lean towards mm -hmm. the sun. Mm -hmm. So I have some kale growing right now. Mm -hmm. And like the, the window is on this side, but the seedlings are over here. They're literally leaning mm -hmm. like right now. So even if, um, if it's raining outside or if it's uh, overcast or anything like that, the plants will start to what you call bolt mm -hmm. and they'll literally start to reach their arms up. But what happens is they start to grow too fast, but they're literally reaching for the sun. Wow. Like that's an actual thing. So when you said that, that's what I thought about. Y'all, gardening is so therapeutic. It's so <laughs> spiritual. So. But, yeah, that's an interesting fact. But, that's I mean, that's true life mimicking what you just said. Like, yes. they're literally, re they're like, we need the sun. So they literally reach for it in desperation. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. That is so yeah. good. Yeah. So let's go a little bit into the word here. So what does the Bible describe, if you have any, you know, um, scriptures ready? What does the Bible describe the light as? Um, I guess for, and this this portion is more so for, let's say there's someone who's new to church. They're new mm -hmm. to, um, they're new to this conversation. This is their first time tuning in with us. What does the Bible have to say about the light? You're going to know your stuff by heart. I got to flip. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know about heart, but I'll just say I this. Uh, I think John, uh, first part of chapter, uh, John in the first few verses, I think around 12, um, it, it talks about I'm the light of the world. It means I'm, salva I'm salvation. So yeah. the light, and I just want to emphasize, I think the, a good word is the truth. I think we're all looking for the truth. I think mm -hmm. we have seekers out there mm -hmm. looking for the truth, trying to find their way. But the light leads to Christ, and Christ is salvation, and that's the truth. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know how to put it any kind of way, but mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is the way. I just know that when I found the light, um, when I came to—I I was, I was raised in church, mm -hmm. but I was— 
um, I went to church, but when I like when I went to Friendship West, I, I had no idea, it, no idea I was going to be on staff. I went there just to sit in the back. Yeah. And yeah. so the light, you know, when the light hits you, you're drawn to it like that plant, mm-hmm. and uh, you begin to see things that you don't normally see and understand things you don't normally see. And then you uh, like that light, that plant, out of desperation, you just keep drawing closer mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened to me. I had no intention to be sitting here. Th- when I was your age. That was not long ago, brother. That was not long ago. But long, I had no intention, so. But God is good. That's what the light will do. It'll transform you. Yeah. It'll open your eyes. That's so good. That's so good. What you got, sis? So I, I wrote down a few things. It was so crazy. They all come from John, for mm-hmm. the most part. Mm-hmm. But um, I wrote that the Bible describes uh, God or the light as illuminating. Um, as you see in John 9, 5, it says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Mm. So he's, he's already there to illuminate us. Um, it's, a re- it's a revealing light. It's vast. But one thing you said, you said something um, about abiding. You said, but you have to choose to abide. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I wrote down about how the Bible describes that is the light is optional. Mm -hmm. And we don't think about that Mm -hmm. because God doesn't force himself upon us. Mm -hmm. We have to choose him. So the light is actually optional. I'm here for you, but you got to choose me. Yeah. So, yeah. That kind of segues to the second point. So. Um, First Colossians verses 12 through 13, it references two kingdoms. Um, mm-hmm. It talks about two kingdoms. So let's talk a little bit about the other side, like the darkness. How would you describe the darkness? Because in order for there to be a light, there has to be a darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we dive into, you know, like culture, the world, culture, this and that, like darkness, how would you all describe that? Mm-hmm. How would I describe darkness um darkness can be described as a shield mm. i would say sometimes we go into the dark to hide mm-hmm. um some people are comfortable in darkness yeah that's right um but yeah sometimes it's sometimes it can be a comfortable place for people it's not the best place <laughs> but it can be comfortable <laughs> but yeah yeah. And sometimes with darkness, I think is I look at it as lost. Sometimes in darkness, you can't see, so you're kind of lost. Right. But sometimes, like you said, you're lost and don't know you're lost. Yeah. And so darkness can be very deceiving. You can think you're in light, but you're not. And um, and the, what, the problem with the world today, I believe, we might get the culture later, is that mm-hmm. the world tries to use darkness to overcome darkness instead of using light to overcome darkness. Mm-hmm. So the darkness, I just think it's a great deception. But one thing I will say, you talked about two kingdoms here. You talked about the kingdom of darkness. And you got the kingdom of the Son of God in that passage there. Mm-hmm. We got to remember that the kingdom of the Son of God is always greater than the kingdom of darkness. Mm. Always greater. Right. We got to remember that the, the 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 father of the darkness or whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. father or the main person is Satan. Yeah. But the main person on the other end of light is God, and God created that Satan. So he's always greater, even though it looks like the world is winning or mm-hmm. we're we're going to a uh, just a terrible place. But we got to remember, God, the light is in control. Mm. The light has the power. The darkness has no power. Yeah, yeah. And I love how you even pulled out that second part of how uh, God, who is the who is the father of the light, the opposing side of that, we have mm-hmm. Satan, right? right. Um, 
and how he's a created being. At the end of the day, we give him so much power. We make him we the do. boogeyman. But at the end of the day, he's a created being. And the light will always have dominion mm-hmm. over the dark. You said something um, when you was like, sometimes people get comfortable in the dark. Yeah. I don't know why. But, like, whenever I hear that, which is such a true point, I think about the moment someone first encounters light after they've been in dark for a long time. What we do? Like, it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, like you kind of you squint some. Like the light yeah. is so, it's so much. So it even takes a time to get adjusted yep. to light after you've been in darkness for so long. And I think that's something that um, is tough, but it's also, it's a beautiful thing to see when you start talking about sanctification and things like that. Um, yeah, that's really, really dope. One thing, Wayne, I want to just add, in the midst of darkness, we gotta realize what everyone's saying is spiritual warfare. Yes. Yeah. So even though you may want to be drawn to light, there's forces or people mm-hmm. that are trying to pull you back in it. So right. in the midst of that darkness, spiritual warfare, and that spiritual warfare is is tough. It's yeah. tough. And it comes at you any kind of way. It's, that's so true. And now that you say that, so something that I wanna make sure like the viewers are catching. So if 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 God, if Christ is the father of light. What does it mean to be in darkness? Because I think if we just say darkness, like you just start thinking about like all these crazy sins and, you know, all this craziness. But darkness is literally just the act of not being or not doing where God has you to be. And so it could be something as 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 small as God told me to step out on faith and make this move. And I refuse to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing my day to day to day. And it's like that is a form of darkness because you're refusing to step into the light. You're refusing to, you know, uh, 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 do what God is telling you. And so I just want to make that distinction because it's easy to hear darkness and think very overt sins like killing, murder, doing all, you know, I hear fornicating (laughs) and that. But it's like, no, but are you just doing what God told you to do? I actually wrote down about uh, the Acts 26 and 18 that that kingdom is actually really the kingdom of ignorance. Mm -hmm. And we hear ignorant and like, oh my God, I'm not ignorant. No, ignorant (laughs) is simply not knowing. That's it. You can look up a word and be like, oh, I didn't know that word meant that. Okay, you were just ignorant of that word. So darkness is also just being ignorant, just not knowing. Um, I think I wrote down like being in dark is simply uh, symbolizes ignorance and not knowing the full picture, the full character, and the full love of God. Yeah. So even before you, if you don't even know God, you don't know about him, you're just wondering, mm-hmm. it's okay to be ignorant right now. Yeah. You just don't know him. That's yeah. it. You just don't know him. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me, let me, let me ask a question that, that, that prompts me somewhere. So knowing that darkness could just be ignorance, mm-hmm. what's the danger What's the danger to us as, as churches if we refuse to to step into certain spaces? So something that I thought was very interesting, for instance, this is just an example. Um, I, when I first started going to churches, and it's not all churches, but the ones I was going to, I never heard someone talk explicitly about sex, mm-hmm. like just sex. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, because I was younger, all this kind of stuff, like, you know, all the folks in this little youth group, you know, they learn about sex somewhere. So, it's just yeah. not here. <laughs> here. And so as a church, knowing that, like, God is the light um, and darkness can literally just be ignorance, what's the danger if we refuse to talk about certain things? Ooh. Hmm. There's a lot of danger. I think um, if we don't 
talk about certain subjects, then it's like what you said. If we don't do it, the world's going to do it. Yeah. And yeah. you're going to let your TV do it. You're going to let Netflix. You're going to let Amazon. You're going to let all those define it for you. And you're going to mm-hmm. let somebody define what a relationship is. And the world define what a marriage is. They'll mm-hmm. tell you how to raise your children, what's okay. So I think uh, the church has an obligation to tackle these tough subjects. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the maybe the person who's doing it may not may not even they may not feel comfortable yeah. talking about it. I don't know how to do it, but there are people that you can obviously bring in and talk about it. But I think the danger is is that you pass that baton to the to the darkness. Yeah. Yes. And if they get a hold to it, it's gonna be dysfunctional. It's gonna be all backwards and they're gonna they're gonna make it seem mm-hmm. right. Yeah. But it's gonna be backwards and it's gonna cause some problems down the road. Yeah. Uh, it's just such a weird dynamic and it's so ironic because this is where everything should start yes and now we're i'll say some of us some churches are are getting better at being transparent they're Mm -hmm. getting better at putting those things on the forefront and making sure that they are the epicenter for all those lessons but for those churches who are just behind the behind uh-huh. um, again we're just doing ourselves a huge disservice and we're like you said passing the baton off to the world to teach those things actually if you backpedal mm-hmm. from our foundational text in Corinthians 4 going back to 3 take us there the end of 3 <laughs> take us there that scripture is literally talking about Moses how he chose to put a veil over his face because he didn't want to show mm. the glory of God mm. that he got from spending time with mm. God. He was like, oh, the people mm. can't take all this heat, mm. so I'm about to cover my face. Yeah. So now the, the people are used to, they're not used to the light. They're yeah. just used to him covering his face. And that's what we do in church. It's yeah. like, let me hide my fun side because I don't think the fun side is, no, we need to see that. I need to see this 30, yes. uh, 30 plus uh-huh. single woman with no kids, I need to see what marriage looks like. Uh, yes. And for yeah. some, if I look at some churches, I don't want to be married because it looks boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, illuminate you know, this for me. Yes. Like, please. Like, yeah. I need to know what marriage looks like. I need to know that the deacons know they shooting DMs too. Uh-huh. Like they slide uh-huh. the DMs. You know, yes. we need to know that they are, they are real people. And I think that's why a lot of people don't want to come to Christianity because Christianity don't look fun. Mm. It doesn't look like it's a, mm. um, a group of fun. Well, not fun people, but real people. Real. I'll say that because Christianity yes. is not necessarily fun. Life isn't fun mm-hmm. all the time, but, um, they don't see real it doesn't people. Seem real. It doesn't seem real and authentic. And we're doing ourselves a huge disservice, but I will say, I do believe that most people don't touch those things probably because they're not comfortable with them themselves or some that they're struggling with. Yeah, I remember in marriages, let's say 50% divorce, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you got another 50%. That don't mean they're well. Mm-hmm. That True. means they're struggling. You might have another 50% of that that's struggling. So you yeah. may get down to where you have 10% of good marriages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So marriage is tough. You got two imperfect people yeah. trying to have a, a relationship together. It could be very difficult. Right. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to say is that my fourth son came to me. He, he's been in L.A. for about a year. Mm-hmm. And he's trying. He's visiting a church. And, and he came and said, well, this church I go to, 
Um, you know, he speaks well, he does this well, but he doesn't mention anything about sin. And I think part of the darkness part mm-hmm. is not calling what sin is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, he, and he was very adamant about it, you know, because he wants to know, okay, what am I doing right? When, how right. do I get better? Yeah. But if you never talk about those, those things, then how are you going to grow? Yeah. And if you don't grow, you're leaving those people in darkness because yeah. you're really just preaching a word that makes them feel good mm-hmm. so they can leave there and do what they want to do and then come back Sunday feel good then go back and do what they want to do yep that's so good I like how you all are uh, talking about like just because you're not comfortable with something is not a license to skip over it right. I think that's something that's very pervasive in church culture and on the one hand as an educator I kind of get like when you don't feel com- when you don't feel confident in teaching something mm-hmm. it's intimidating to approach it mm-hmm. and you always in the back of your mind because sometimes it comes from a good space you're right. like I don't want to lead these people astray so I don't want to start talking about something I don't know how to handle yeah the danger is though that someone's going to go there and so when I think about the light, I might walk into a space and I'm shining light. I might not know what's right there, but I've illuminated it. And I think like that's something that as a church we have to be ground level comfortable with doing. Even if I'm not, I don't know all the ins and outs of something, let me at least illuminate it for my people. Um, And then, you know, we we might discover what it is together, Mm -hmm. which that's fine. That's a much safer space than just being just ignoring it. And then, you know, when I walk over here now in their curiosity, they go up to it. And now, you know, that's that's a whole nother thing. Um, So that's so good. That's so good. And one thing, uh, Wayne, that we have piggyback, which is Mm -hmm. excellent. One thing that people in the light have that the people in the dark don't have we have the Holy Spirit Amen. and the Holy Spirit Amen. can take what you say you say I don't know what to say but you say it Holy Spirit can come in there and make it right yeah. and, and next thing you know they illuminate it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come on now hey so, so that's we, we got power we got yes. power that's something that, that's something I want to make sure we hear there is power in the light through the yep. Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that's so good and then you were saying something I want to make sure that everyone hears too Transparency and light work together. Yes. Transparency is the helper of dark. I mean, uh, not being transparent is the helper of darkness. Mm-hmm. Because when we come around and we walk, you know, with veiled lives yes. to with each other, then we're losing the connectivity and we're not letting our light shine bright. That's so good. Let's talk a little bit about culture. So how does this darkness affect our world, our culture, our church? Um Let's jump straight to, because I think world is real big. Let's jump to culture first. How does this darkness that we're referring to, how does it affect culture? We talked a little bit about it, about, you know, uh, people defining stuff different kind of ways, not calling stuff out. But I want to give you all a chance to talk about culture specifically. How does darkness affect our culture? I'll say this. Uh, for me as a parent, five boys, mm-hmm. uh, it makes my job, me and my wife's job, Difficult, yeah. Mm-hmm. Raising five boys uh, used to be when I grew up. My, they knew what I read. They knew what I watched. You know, I only when I grew up, we only had. Where's Angela? We only had about seven or eight television stations. I'll be honest, they were black and white, and then at a certain time they went off. Uh-huh. And the national and, anthem came on. And then, and then <laughs> right there you go. And then uh, you can uh, it's a, every show you can watch with your parents. Yeah. yeah. So and then the, you had books. You didn't have all that. But now um, I was telling somebody, I, I can't keep up with my kids were growing up I can't keep up with they know yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just share this one time uh, I had a, my one of my sons he went to a um, uh, little preschool mm-hmm. and so uh, he came back cussing like uh-huh. crazy what? <laughs> he, he, now, he, he was ignorant because he didn't know what they were yes. uh-huh. and I'm like saying he doesn't get it from my house 
we don't cuss in our house. Not that we all holy, mm-hmm. but we don't cuss. Yeah. And the people around him don't cuss. He must be getting it from school. Yep. And so the the influences of the world makes parenting difficult. Yeah. And the Netflix, the the the, and it makes them used to it. Uh, it makes them used to seeing this as normal. I think the world tries to make, or the darkness tries to make the world normal. Mm. And the light is saying, mm. no, that's not normal. Yeah. And so the culturally. It just confuses our children. Mm-hmm. They don't know right from wrong. They're comfortable with anything where they should be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They really don't know what's right or wrong. Even the world now said if you believe if you believe that, then you, something's wrong with you. Yeah. And so a lot of persecution going on, um, and so it just makes it, it makes it hard as a parent. Yeah. I just it makes it oh difficult, difficult. Yeah. That's such a that's such a rich perspective as a parent. I love that. That's so rich. No, I think being in a world with so many ideals, I mean, now as a Christian, you just having that label mm-hmm. automatically, like, you gearing up for a fight, you know? Yeah. And it's like, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I haven't said anything. It's like, I don't care. I know what your people think. So, you know, and yeah. you already have that label on you. And I will say, like you said, it, it confuses your kids. Sometimes for Christians, like, that dark side looks a lot better mm-hmm. than the light sometimes. And what mm-hmm. is it, Galatians, uh, don't do weary and uh, don't, don't do weary and, and, and doing, doing well? It. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, get weary sometimes. Yeah. You yeah. know, because it yeah. seems like the world is winning. It seems like those things are fun. It seems like, I'm um, just like, dang, why are they having all that fun and I can't mm-hmm. do those things? So mm-hmm. it, it, it creates that rift. Spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. um, comes in that too, because spiritual warfare doesn't have this have to be this big like, oh, Lord, there's a demon after me. It didn't have to be like that. It can be a simple, like, battle between your flesh and your spirit, which is always going on. Pastor Tim Ross, um, that uh, pastors at Embassy City in mm-hmm. Irving, taught an awesome message just talking about the Holy Spirit at the basic level, like yeah. an everyday level. I mean, like, the Holy Spirit, like, don't cuss that person out. Mm-hmm. I know they cut you in line. Don't do that. <laughs> Just simple stuff like that. Um, yeah. But if we not listen to the Holy Spirit, it makes it, you can be on other, either side, one foot one foot, in, one foot in, one foot out. Uh-huh. It can be like that. So it's, re- it's really hard, like that tug of war um, yeah. in today's culture, for sure. One thing, wait, I want to add one thing. Mm-hmm. My, I learned from my children. I'm much older, so sometimes I'm far removed. But my kids tell me um, these um, technology is good. It has good and it has its bad. Can't but be, yeah. What my son came to me complaining was, he says that on TikTok, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people there that um, profess Christ mm. or profess the word, and yet they don't know the word and really don't know Christ. Mm. Or they're living, um, they, they're praying or leading others astray or lead them down a path, and their life is really in darkness. Yeah. And so... Uh, that's another dangerous cultural thing. Technology is a good thing, but it also it can be used for evil purposes. And I believe it's given, unfortunately, it's given a platform to, to anybody that wants to go out and tout God and not really have the relationship with God. Yeah. Or their lifestyle does not uh, match up to what they're saying. Or they leave out this, this, and that, and they're leading people down the street. Because I have a friend that um, he's, he prays, and he says, but I pray, I get thousands of people Listening, and what I'm trying to say is, people are hungry for the word, right. and they'll listen to anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
They'll listen to anything. That's yeah. the influencer yes. culture. Inf- influ- nothing against influencers, guys. Uh-huh. Nothing against uh-huh. it. Um, but the, I guess the influencer mindset says, I am the source yes. of yes. this yes. knowledge. Yes. And our God says, I am the source, mm-hmm. but I love you so much and I see so much power in you yeah. and potential in you that I want to use you as a vessel. Yeah. So I can shine my source of light through you. Mm. But for us humans now, that's not good enough for us. Mm. So we want to be the source. And Mm -hmm. we don't even have what it takes (laughs) to carry all of that weight. Like we're trying to carry a cross without support, Mm. you know? So, yeah. That's so good. So let's go a little bit into church. Um, So how does, and this will be a two-parter, and you can answer whichever part, you know, you feel comfortable with. Um, so how does the darkness affect the church? And then I guess the second part of that, um, would you say that Christians or the church are unaware, um, indifferent, um, or just, um, yeah, would you say that, would you say that Christians are unaware or indifferent about the light? So how about the darkness? So how does the darkness affect the church? And then in your opinion, would you say that Christians are aware, unaware, or indifferent towards the darkness? Mm. Okay, so the first question was, oh, how does darkness affect the church? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it definitely does. It definitely <laughs> yeah. does. I mean, kind of going back to what we talked about as far as us kind of separating ourselves, that right there affects the light, you know, yeah. us ignoring the darkness like it's not there, yeah. you know, and we can't do that. Like yeah. God didn't call us that. God didn't do that. You know, like yeah. he didn't just pass by people and be like, oh, you're not mine. So we're not worried about you today. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to tackle those things and know that even if we're not equipped, that we have someone who is, yeah. um, that's benefiting us. And as far as like, are we indifferent or ignorant? I think we all love them mm-hmm. at, a, at any given point. Yeah. You know, um, like you said, culture is changing so much and so fast that mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to keep up. But we cannot get tired of learning God's people, yeah. you know, and learning what's going on. Because once we do and once we throw our hands up, now we're behind. Mm-hmm. And so life true. is just going on and on. And we're like, they doing what now? Mm-hmm. We what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, part of the church and light and darkness um, I believe there's a okay if a church is rooted in the light mm-hmm. and start like Golden Gate they can preach the word teach the word foundation in the word moral conduct all that it can chase the darkness away move mm-hmm. the darkness darkness can't penetrate mm-hmm. but when the church gets away from its core value who it is mm-hmm. for us Jesus Christ salvation God the Father the Holy Spirit how we ought to live how we ought to study scripture mm-hmm. it allows darkness to creep in mm-hmm. and so to me to the extent that the church is teaching what it's supposed to teach and doing what it's supposed to do will determine how much darkness gets in there. And That's once good. it gets in there, it can get a stranglehold because what people have to understand is that not, and just like in Jesus' day, uh, in John, uh, everybody that comes to church doesn't come for the right reason. Right. Yeah. And you got to remember, Satan is sending his, uh, his soldiers into the church 
to destroy it and to yeah. cause problems. Yeah. And you look at James, oh, you know, we already got the sin issue that we're dealing with. We already deal with envy and jealousy and all that. And if Satan come in there and magnify it and keep it where it's not control, he can destroy the church. Right. Yes. So there is a battle going on. It's just that it's going to determine that leader and that how foundational that church is. Absolutely. That. Absolutely. And as far as being indifferent, I believe that um, sometimes the world has a greater has the world has made us indifferent, and we bring that same indifference yeah. into the church. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if we you know you spend an hour or two at church a week, maybe you don't go to Bible study, maybe you don't go to Sunday school. Mm -hmm. guess, guess who's influenced you the most? Right. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I think something that I would love, I want to make sure churches understand too, is that the light is power. Mm -hmm. The light is powerful, and so. Um, where I think that can become, where I think that's important is because sometimes we see our faith or we see what we need to do is create a bubble to to keep the light safe. So like, hey, let's let's keep this little light safe. Let's you know, let's 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 almost like we're afraid of the darkness. Yeah. But like the light is powerful. The light has power over the darkness. Mm -hmm. So what we need to be doing is we need to be equipped so that we can step out into the world. And shine that light bright. Mm -hmm. Not that we're trying to run away from the darkness, that's but right. we know how to shine bright in different areas. That's right. And so that's something I want to make sure that like churches, just all churches in general here, is that what we're giving our people when we talk about this light is a powerful thing right. that we don't have to, you know, uh, cower in the corners or trying Ford. to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, y'all huddle up together. Right, let's like, keep no, this little light safe. Like <laughs> exactly. Like, no, like, let's keep I lit. did this to you. And I was like, <laughs> let's yes. get lit. You know, yes. God, that's what Jesus told his disciples. Like, right. I'm giving you this light. Now go, that's right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Go out, you know, go out into the world. Um, that's good. So let's go, let's, let's go here. Um, so what do we do about this darkness? So let's, Let's go. Let's go to this one. So, as believers in Christ, what are some ways we can combat the darkness in our lives? Mm. What is the way we can combat darkness in our lives? Mm -hmm. One, I think community. I think that's mm. one of the biggest ways that the enemy divides us, especially mm. in the church, by dividing community, mm. dividing families, dividing. Uh, marriages, all those mm. things. As long as he can put a wedge in between us and then we we create a rift, then that's where the trouble starts. So I think once we have great community around us, mm -hmm. so whether that's friends, your accountability partners, discipleship and mentorship, mm -hmm. I think is an awesome way. And we, to all of us, all the listeners out there, we have to understand that Discipleship is not a perfect person leading an imperfect person. Talk about it's it. It's literally Talk about it. walking through life together. So mm -hmm. like you talked about, like, I might not know about this topic, but that's what it's about. It's exactly. about finding out together, but at least I'm showing you, like, hey, this is how I stumbled. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Or mm -hmm. this is how I prevailed. You might want to take some notes from that. So mm -hmm. don't be afraid of um, of that type of community um, in discipleship. If you think like, oh, my God, I'm not perfect. I have nothing to share. Yes, you do. Um, so community, mm -hmm. one, being transparent with God. I think that's one reason why we can't be transparent amongst each other because we're not transparent with God mm -hmm. in our quiet time. Mm -hmm. Like we, we hiding in the dark with God. It's like, I don't want to tell you that. And he's like, I already know. I yeah. was there. I saw yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, just being transparent, um, leaning on the power of the light, you yeah. know, even in our um, imperfection, mm -hmm. I think is one way we can combat that communally. 
mm-hmm. as a community and individually. That's yeah. so good. That's yeah. so good. That's a good point. Uh, one of the things I, I'm I bring it back to a little bit of family. Mm-hmm. Um, what I try to do in my family is that. As a father and my wife, as a mother, we have to have our act together. Yeah. I mean, they have to see us. Oh, they're going to see this and that of it, but they got to see us overall Mm -hmm. uh, moving toward the Lord and walking in the Lord. So Mm -hmm. I think you got to have strong mothers and fathers Mm -hmm. in the home. Uh, that are committed to uh, bringing their kids to church, even if they don't want to a lot of times. And you guys know people like that. Mm-hmm. They'll sit up and ask their child, do they want to go? Okay. Well, the, you know, you got to remember. I didn't that. have that option. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, they do that. Uh, and, and these are Christians that do that. And you just can't do that. You have, you have, you have a, as long as they're under your care, you have a obligation or right or privilege to lead them down the way. So I think... You got to build up that family structure. Men got to mm-hmm. men got to be the spiritual leaders. Men yes. got to say, "This is what we're going to do." Mm-hmm. Uh, the statistics: if the man goes to church, there's about like a 80 percent chance that everybody else will follow. Mm-hmm. But if the, if it's only the mother going to church, then the chances are the children won't even go to church. So right. wow. men got to step up. And then I think we need our leaders in our in the community, our preachers, or those who bring the word to just tell the truth, give them yes. an alternative to mm-hmm. what the world does. Say what they're saying is right. Help parents get there. Be, let the church be a support thing. But we got to be like Paul, preach that truth and be bold mm-hmm. and let and give the, give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to change hearts. Yeah. A lot of times we're too scared to say anything because we don't want to hurt feelings. Mm-hmm. But we got to remember, going back, you said power. There is power in the gospel. Yeah. Power. There is power when the word is going. And our job is to bring, as ministers or parents or whatever, is to share it. Let God mm-hmm. do the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let them do the rest. So I think we we're too soft. We be we need to be a little bit firm. Mm-hmm. Give them a reason to believe. Let them see a reason to believe. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll be in the, in the right. That's how we combat it. Because first thing Satan wants to do is you look at the Garden of Eden. He's going to tear that family around. Like yeah. you said, he's going to split Adam and yes. Eve. Yep. Then he's going to split brothers and Cain mm-hmm. and Abel. Then he's mm-hmm. going to cause all the conflict. Get that family unit together. Get that pastor preaching the word of God. Mm-hmm. Get the choir singing the word of God. Yeah. Get the leadership acting like the word of God. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be in good shape. That's right. so good. That's so good. I think something I want to add here is healing. I think yes. a lot of times the enemy uses our wounds to um, almost make us desire the light. I mean, desire darkness. And so something that I think is very important, in addition to everything that you guys said, being in community, modeling strong families, Mm -hmm. um, um, staying in the word, preaching the right things, um, those areas where you've been hurt in your life, get healing for that. Because the longer that goes unaddressed, that's something that's in the dark that is going to pull you. That hurt is like a little little, uh, uh, anchor that's holding you down in the darkness. That we have to address, we gotta, we gotta get, you know, freedom from, yeah. so that we can continue to push up. Because sometimes, you know, and and we all have hurt, right? And you know, we're all striving an imperfect walk, trying to get to the light. Um, and we all have those wounds that's kind of holding us back some. But the more and more we can address that, and the more and more we can get healing from those things, that's one, that's one weight off 
I, whenever I think about like the imagery of giving stuff over to Jesus, a lot of times it is that hurt, yes. you know, those things that you can't carry, you know, and God is saying like, my yoke is light. Right. That's why I think he uses that image of like something being light because I want you to be freed up of this so that you can be that ceiling and just push towards mm-hmm. the light. That's what I want for you. I don't want to put nothing on top of you that blocks that. That's so true. Yeah. That's good. When you bring out a good point, because if you go, if you're in a church, especially being heard by the church, mm-hmm. and I've seen people, they've gone 50 years without going back to church. Yeah. Yes. And that's what the world or the darkness wants to happen. But yes. you're so right. We, And, you know, I'll be honest with you, the church hurt is real. It's yes. real. I mean, I'm not minimizing. Yeah. It is real. It's real. It's painful. Um, you have expectations. You have maybe things happen to you. And you just want to get away, and you, you you don't want to put your trust in another church or under another leadership. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we have to heal and overcome that because mm-hmm. then we're, it becomes, uh, yeah, you're healing and mourning for a while, but then when it's 30, 40 years, then it becomes something else. Yeah. But that's the thing, learning Christ and mm. not, because that's, that's the thing about church hurt. They, we don't know how to separate the hurt from Christ. We don't know mm. how to separate the that's people yeah. from yeah, Christ. That's true. So those people hurt us, and it's like, as long as they represent this Christ <laughs> that you talk about, then no, it's Christ <laughs> that hurt me. It's like, no, he didn't do it. But yeah. like me, like, we're Greek, you know, mm-hmm. and with all the members that we have in our organization all over the world, I'm pretty sure not 100% of them represent our organization right. well. Yeah. But when one person <laughs> runs into that member that's not representing well, now the entire organization mm-hmm. is tarnished instead of it being, no, just that one person is, yeah. you know, not uh, upholding our name. So learn God and so try yeah. to learn God and and you'll understand how the flesh of that person uh, brought the hurt and it, it wasn't God who made us. So that's, that's so good. good. Yeah. On the other side of that, and this will be something that before we start to land this plane, what can we do as a church that, you know, when we have those individuals who have church hurt or, you know, um, just individuals who are in darkness in general, what are some things that we can do better as a church to even step into um, and either A, facilitate healing so that they can come back or B, just help um, invite them into the light in a way that's um, meaningful. How can we do that as a church? I think we have to, like you said, we have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I told you I pastored for six and a half years, and so mm-hmm. you may, yeah, I, I, you may think I'm a nice guy, but I was at a church that was not all that nice, mm-hmm. and so I've. What what we have to do is those who have been hurt or those who are coming out of it, we have to talk about it because. Yeah. My testimony can help somebody else. Yeah. Yes. And so I think we had, we got to have forms and let people know they're not alone in this, whatever happened to them. You're not the only one being mistreated. Okay, this is how I came out of it. This is how I stayed in the church. This is where I am. Running away from the church was not the answer. Yeah. Uh, but I think we have to have maybe counselors or something. But mm-hmm. I know one thing about it. We got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got because um, I think we had ESQ had it, had it one time and and he asked how many people been hurt. Everybody hand went up. Yep. And so it's something that we got to talk and then the leadership or certain people have to come forward and ignite that conversation and make themselves vulnerable. Yeah. Yes. That's just a fact because if I know you got hurt and I got hurt, then guess what? We can lean on each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. And we have to be able to 
listen for understanding. Mm. I think so many times uh, somebody can say, well, this happened to me in this church or this, and we all think, well, that ain't me. <laughs> that ain't over here. And it's like, <laughs> come on now. Just because li- that's what, re- that's what people really want when they're hurt. Yeah. They just want to talk about it. They want to get it out and they want somebody to hear them, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just be empathetic. You know, mm-hmm. even if you don't understand, even, even if that's never your story, even if mm-hmm. you're the best usher that the church has ever seen, just listen. Listen and try to feel that feel that person's pain. And we have to understand too, a lot of hurt and where that healing comes from also comes from our personals, like the darkness that we've put ourselves in. Yeah. And that shame and guilt, which is also one of the biggest tools of the enemy. As long as we can stay shameful, we'll keep ourselves in the darkness as, yes. as long as we can because it's like, I don't want nobody to see mm-hmm. what I got going on over here. Mm-hmm. So even just um, letting somebody know like, hey, I was once in the darkness too. Yeah. And if I'm honest, I still tip over there too exactly. every once in a while. So, yep. you know, just having that type of uh, community and understanding I think will be huge. Yeah. Now, I think, uh, well, I'll just say this, mm-hmm. just as far as the healing in the church hurt, I believe a lot of times in churches that are practicing that. I'm not talking about every so often. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about where it's known for that. The people there, the leadership there, they know what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they, they're they quiet about it, and yeah. they continue to let people get hurt and hurt yeah. and hurt. And so I think the, the strong leadership has, I mean, a healthy church sees a problem, and they correct it. Yes. And they address it. An unhealthy church sees it, oh, that's the one, so they don't mean anything, but they're hurting people over and over again. And that's yes. accountability. Yeah. yeah. So yes. I think the, the issue is that strong goes back to strong leadership. Uh, you see it, get them out that position, they're hurting people. That usher is hurting people, that person... Get out. Yes. Make yes. the tough call. Yep. Hurt the feelings. Yep. Save the people. That needs to be another topic. That How we have hard conversations in love <laughs> in the church. We got to be able to do it. Anyway, because that's yeah. part of the light, right? That is. If, if you're unwilling to have hard conversations, mm-hmm. that's that's a form of a lot of folks. <laughs> let's put, let's go let's go here with it. <laughs> a lot of folks stay in the darkness out of niceness. Yep. Yes, that's being, one of the king. You, you see yes. what I'm saying? A lot of folks think like, "Oh, let me just let me just keep being nice," mm-hmm. yes. and it's like, "No, you're actually still in darkness. You need to you need to address said thing because lovingly light illuminates. Yes, it illuminates where you've hurt someone. It illuminates where maybe you shouldn't be doing X, Y, Z. That's a part of the light. The light don't always feel good. It doesn't. But the light is good, that's and right. so I think that's something. That's a, that's a great point. Feel point. good, but it is. Good. But it is good. A word. That's a word, word right there. Yeah. And so I think something else that we have to do as a church that, you know, we all we all aspire to do, um, but we have to emphasize Jesus. And I think by emphasizing Jesus, we make it less about us, which frees us up to actually be transparent. Yes. So I don't have to be perfect no more because I'm not your standard. Right. I'm just following Jesus. Mm -hmm. So like you said, I got these struggles over here. I'm in the darkness in this way. I'm in the darkness in this way. But you know what? I'm pushing towards the light. Right. So don't push towards me. Me and you, we're going to be ceilings together and let's strive (laughs) towards. We both pushing towards. I just might be. I just might be have you know have been rooted a little bit longer than mm-hmm. you, but we're both pushing towards the light. Right. I think that's something that um, as long as we emphasize Him and not ourselves, we, when we decrease properly, the light shines bright. A lot of us are shade trees in front of the light because mm-hmm. we won't because we refuse to decrease. Wow. Um, and so that's something that as a church we have to make sure we're not shade trees. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Don't be shady. Don't be shady. Don't, don't be, be shady. shady. You know, don't be shady. Don't be shady. <laughs> So any final thoughts here um, before we close out, y'all? I mean, this has been such a great 
conversation. <laughs> like what? This has been such a good conversation. So do you have any final thoughts before I close out? Uh, one thing I would say about the light, um, it, it helps you go, obviously helps you get through darkness. So mm-hmm. when we go, we live in this life, we're going to have hurt, we're going to have pain, we're going to, somebody's going to have a loved one that passes, somebody's going to get sick. And the, John, Jesus said, the truth will set you free. And, mm-hmm. and it goes back to the light. I guess I'm trying to say is that the light will allow you to navigate through this life. Yes. yes. And see and, and, and get a glimpse of things from God's perspective. And that will give you the strength to endure whatever hardship you're going to endure. You're going to endure a hardship. I don't have to. I may endure one. You don't have to. But we need that light to get to and navigate through this world and make it with our minds clear. Yes. And that means that our light has to be stayed on Jesus. Yes. And we have to trust him yes. all the way through. We yes. have to trust him even when we can't, we don't know where it's going. Mm-hmm. That's so good, Pastor That's Wilson. Good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Kind of br- to bring it back around, uh, kind of what Wayne said in the beginning, you know, getting to the light after you've been in darkness is an adjustment. Yeah. Um, and I heard a saying one time that, um, some people will lay down in the bed of nails rather than get up mm. because it's just much harder to get up off the nails than to just lay there. Wow. So I would say even if you've been rooted in Christ for a long time or you don't even know about him, get, curi- get curious mm-hmm. about the light. And don't be afraid about the adjustment. Yes. Don't be afraid about the adjustment. Start asking him questions. Um, even though God is an unchanging God, mm-hmm. His methods change and how what door he comes in that changes. And for that, we have to stay at his feet and we have to keep learning him over and over and over again. So get curious about the light. Like just it doesn't cost to get information. (laughs) (laughs) So just ask him, you know, just ask God simply like, what what is this light all about? You know, even if you've been walking with God for a long time. God, I know I've been walking with you, but is there any more of you that you can illuminate for me? Um, So, yeah, I'll say that. Get curious. Get curious. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, look, Pastor Wilson, Mm -hmm. Amber, thank you all so much for thank you so much for your time. Like I know conversations like this is how as a church, as 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 Christians, as believers, we move in the right direction. So, Pastor Wilson, I know you have a lot of administrative and just church things to do, so your time is valuable. Amber, you being an entrepreneur, I know your time is valuable. So thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you for listening. It's been a joy to be with you all. Please make sure you like and subscribe across all of our platforms to get all the information. Also, leave a comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us how we're doing. If you have topics, send that in to us also. Um, With that, we we love y'all. Have a good time, and then we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.